0: The giant triplets of racism, extreme materialism, and
1: militarism are incapable of being conquered.
0: George Bush doesn't care about black people.
2: month but we don't have a white history month well all we've ever been taught is white history if it was not for the love and respect shown to me by black women those right-wing
1: ultra conservative alt-right haters they would have me believe i'm too black i'm too confrontational i'm too tough and i'm too disrespectful of them But now I know I'm simply a strong black woman.
2: in a time where corporations are treated like people and people are treated like things. They promote legislation that attacks voting rights, the poor, LGBT citizens, the immigrant community, and civil rights that are lewd, mean spirited, and fundamentally contrary to what our democracy is supposed to be about.
0: What is bad is not what They are doing what would be bad is for us not to fight back. This is one. Ooh, sorry. This is one the two point three LP FM. You are listening to Resistance Radio. My name is Mark Aldersey. With me, as always, is uh, co-host uh, Kenny Francis. As uh, as regular listeners uh, on WHIV will know, Kenny and I usually like to start off by uh, by jabbing one another. And I wasn't going to until I just saw Kenny trying to put on his headphones that They're are broken. Bro- that are broken. You're putting on broken headphones, dude. So, wh- but I will say, last week Kenny started off. With a, a joke that even Liana yesterday was still laughing, so I want to <laughs> yes. I want to actually yes. repeat it because it smarted. It landed so hard when Kenny. You know, I oftentimes tease Kenny on how he looks. He teases me on how I look. We, obviously, we have very differing styles. I'm the older, wiser uh, individual. I dress like I have a job. That. <laughs> Kenny uh said to me that I I was looking particularly Johnny Cash last week which I smiled and I took as a compliment then when he said you look like the uh target version of Johnny Cash <laughs> So uh, I will have you know that Liana repeated that joke to me last uh, just yesterday as we were walking through the French Quarter, uh, and uh, and so I thought I would look a little bit more uh, upscale, the <laughs> Cast for you today. Kenny Francis, otherwise looking dapper as always, uh, wearing uh, a black tie, which is unusual, and he's wearing a black yes. shirt. It's usually he usually dresses in uh, Christmas colors, in red and green. <laughs> I do always wear bright colors. That is true. <laughs> so he's looking well, particularly know, dapper. Bright colors and look good on
1: dark skinned people.
0: Ordinarily dapper. Yeah. Ordinarily, but having a goofy pair of headphones on you right now with a broken and I'll fix those for you in a second But Kenny Francis is one of the co-founders of Indivisible NOLA on the steering committee of Indivisible NOLA Is always one of my very closest friends and without question one of the smartest political minds in the state of Louisiana
1: Glad to be here for another week Um, Yeah, we this week we have a lot to cover. So I'm gonna make us jump right in in a second There's our consistent metaphor of drinking water from the fire hose, which is living in America these days Um, so this week we're going to cover three major things. Um, one, we have a guest, which we're going to introduce in a second, and she's going to be talking about the welcoming project, which is, um, a nonprofit doing a lot of really good work in the city and something that folks should know about. And I wanted to bring her on just to help get the word out and to let people know what that is. The second thing we're going to be talking about is we've been doing a whole lot of election coverage um but something that I wanted to do today is have Mark Allen and I talk about specifically for what's on the ballot in Louisiana both locally as well as statewide um and what we think and how we would vote because um I've had a lot of folks reach out to me to say the explanation of the amendments was good and um there's like good information out there but like what would you do and that I get that like people want sort of like how would you vote as someone who's like thinking about it a lot so we're gonna go through that and then um, and then the last part, the last segment of the show, we're going to be talking about the, the horrific attacks that have happened um, over the last couple, the last week and the last couple of days um, in the country and sort of our thoughts on that. And so with that, let's jump right in and start with our guests. Um, today with us, we have Miss Sarah Amojola with us. She is here from The Welcoming Project. Hi. Thank, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> See what I did there? Oh, hold on, sorry, Sarah. You're not. You need to turn her mic on. Her mic's not on.
2: Oh Jesus. Sorry, yeah. y'all. Oh. Can we hear you
1: now, Sarah? Sorry, Sarah. We were yes. still trying to do headphones stuff. Go. Community radio at
0: at its best. Miss Sarah, please talk to us about the welcoming project. You have project. one job. Just, just put your <laughs> headphones. One. I can't job. look at you with broken
1: headphones, dude. You're looking goofy. Okay. Um. Sorry. So, Sarah, go ahead. Introduce yeah. yourself now. Awesome. We
2: can hear you. I am. Sarah Mojla. I am the director of the Welcoming Project. I am um, originally from New Orleans. And um, what the Welcoming Project is, is an initiative of Travis Hill NOLA, along with the Travis Hill Schools. And the Travis Hill Schools are in the Orleans Justice Center, formerly known as OPP, and the Youth Study Center, which is our... um, juvenile detention center here in New Orleans. Um, What we do at the Welcoming Project is um, we provide support to young people who leave the youth study center and who leave the orleans justice center and that support looks like mentorship Um, we have staff who are lead mentors slash case managers slash crisis interventionists Um, and we also provide them um, our young people with a different another layer of mentoring which is you know where the new orleans um, community can get involved and then we also provide different kinds of programming with, um, you know, good names like the Wellness Wednesdays and uh, Fundamental Fridays. And um, that looks like uh, mental health and physical health um, interventions, tutoring, um, and um, and literary um, narrative writing, creative writing, book clubs. Um, and we also look at a lot of different things. You know, our young people come out of the the criminal justice system and the juvenile justice system with a lot of needs. And the welcoming project is an intervention and an, an interruption and innovation of, uh, you know, what the criminal justice system could actually be.
0: How how did the project get found? And in in, uh, your website, more information can be found at, uh, is that C E E?
2: So um, our website is www.travishillnola.com. Org slash Welcoming Project. But if you go to org, you will find us. You so, just click the Welcoming Project button.
0: How, how did you guys get started?
2: Yes, yeah, so we got started because, so in 2016, um, Orleans Parish School Board asked an organization, C-E-E-A-S, um, to come in and um, take over the school inside of the um, Youth Study Center. And then they asked in 2017, come take over the school at the jail. And when they took over the school, they found you know, the young people were thriving and doing well in school. But as soon as they were released and they went back into the community, they dropped out of school, they stopped going or their grades drastically dropped. And so what they were seeing immediately, and often kids were coming back into the system. And they basically thought, we need a support system, we need some sort of guide for young people so that they're able to Be connected to positive things in the community, and they're able to explore their passions. Why
0: they need bridge bridge
1: services? Yes. So
0: that is that. What is why is it then that they were doing so well in one? I mean, I can guess, but I just wanted to hear from. Yeah. So why were they doing so well? From our
2: perspective, you know, the schools in the detention facility and in the jail um, kind of have a holistic look of the young person. They see all of the needs, and they have close. Um, You know, our class sizes are about eight to a class um, Mm -hmm. to two teachers. I mean, there are um, it it's just more intensive. And I think uh, young people are there all day and the teachers get to know them. And and so they're able to see issues that the young people are having and address those better. And I think, you know, that kind of close care wasn't what a lot of our young people were seeing outside in the community. And so they yeah, they were getting disengaged and um, and acting out, which inside the facility is treated in one way, as opposed to outside sure. the facility, which yeah. is suspension, expo- get out of here, we don't yeah. want you anymore. Wh- so. Which
0: uh, oftentimes just re kind of engages somebody back into the system into again. The system,
2: yes. So and, we'll, and something something
1: I don't want to gloss over that she said there is that eight students to a two teacher ratio. That, that I mean, that's an incredible support that mm-hmm. obviously was is working for kids yeah. and. I wish that every, person sh- every person's child could have access to that, but mm-hmm. there isn't a public school in definitely not this state yeah. that can afford to do that, no. um, maybe not even in the country. Well,
0: no, no, they could afford to do it. I mean, the state can afford to do it. We're just not putting resources. Oh, yeah.
1: Yes, okay, I get, I, get, I get what you're saying, like, yes. Yeah. Under the current constructs of the way that we fund things in Louisiana yes. or the rest of the country, no, or the matter. rest of the country, no one could afford that. Yes, right. if we were to actually allocate our current, and that's a very that, that's a very good reframing, because, is to like I, th- I think. Thank you for pushing me on that because like I think that's something that particularly when we talk about things like public education, we always think from this like deficit mindset, it's like we don't have it, we don't have it, and even I, as you know, someone who works in education, I think about like we don't have it, we don't have it, but it's like we do have it. We just spend it on other things we spend right. it on the military We right. spend it on corporate we welfare We spend ways. it on all the things that we spend our money on as a country except for public
0: education. And uh, you know one one person that we quote regularly on, on resistance radio is one of dr. King's quotes Which is that a budget is a moral document Absolutely, right. and in it the and the amount if, that
1: we spend on public education in this country shows exactly where uh, our morals are it
0: Yeah, right. I, I can't even add to that if you're tuning in you are listening to one 2.3 WHIV this is resistance radio my name is Mark Alder. With me is Kenny Francis. We are proudly streaming live on WBOK. If you're tuning in onto on WBOK, welcome to Resistance Radio. Today with us is uh, Miss Sarah uh, Moshela, uh, who is with the Welcoming Project, and we are talking about the uh, uh, we are talking about what the Welcoming Project does.
1: Can we back up just for one second? Because I think as you were saying that I know what the Travis Hill Center is and how people get there and how kids get there and stuff like that. But can we sort of just like walk through really quickly? It's like how do kids get to the point where they get to you? It, like, maybe even
0: talk about who Travis Hill is too? Yes, is that part of the yes, story?
2: Yes, that's a good okay. part of the story. Okay, so uh, so first we should just tackle some of the logistics that when young people are arrested and they're charged either with juvenile charges or adult charges, they end up in a facility. After a few you know, a few days in that facility, they go to a school there. Um Depending on, you know, how long they're going to be there, they go to that school. And when they are released, they get to me at the wellness These are Project. only juveniles. And these are, these are juveniles. Okay. So these are young people who are from the age of 10, as young as 10, which is a very sad yeah, um, state very of sad, affairs, to uh, 21 years of age. So... Um, you know, So these are juveniles with adult or juvenile charges. They come out of the youth study or Orleans Justice Facility, and within 48 hours, my team um, connects with them and gets them um, assessed along their needs and, and surveys their interests and builds a fellowship, a paid fellowship around those needs and interests. Um, Travis Hill, um, who is a musician, a New Orleans musician who died... Um, Uh, tragically, um, from a a tooth infection, actually, in Japan. Japan. Um, So Travis Hill was known as, uh, he was also called Trumpet Black, and his band was Trumpet Black and the Heart Attacks. attacks. Um, And um, he was... Once locked up at the youth study facility um, here in New Orleans, and he was arrested. He had been arrested for a lot of different kinds of things, one of which was playing music in the French Quarter. And he ended up in the— The
0: the very arrestable uh, uh, offense of uh, (laughs) of playing um, music.
2: Yeah, and ironically, in this city, was arrested. Yes, um, in the French Quarter of all places, yes. Yep.
0: Can you imagine um, if they went through and uh, New Orleans would be uh, not New Orleans if they went through and and, did that and arrested right people playing music in the quarter?
2: Um, so he. Uh, he was was there in the you study facility and then when he finally got out the trumpet was his connection to um a different life and he was also a mentor and he um was he he was very passionate about um helping young people find their their way through life with their passion and for him it was his trumpet and so um you know a few years ago um his very um inspirational story was we, we decided to call the Travis the schools the Travis Hill schools um, and connect you know show young people what different ways they could be. And and
0: just to also just be clear, uh, just uh, because I just need to bring the doctor (laughs) aspect of things. He had a uh, he had a tooth infection that got into his bloodstream and then he died of what we refer to as sepsis or septicemia. Mm -hmm. So he had a multi-system organ failure. So it was all brought about from a, a, and he probably had a toothache for some time, but I would imagine that the healthcare system being so difficult to access, Mm -hmm. especially from, you know, especially with communities of color in New Orleans uh, and the fact that there were no Medicaid had not expanded at that time uh, that just even going to see a doctor must've been quite a, an issue. And, and again, especially for somebody who blows a trumpet, having your teeth not hurt is incredibly important. And the fact that he was able to blow a trumpet through that mm-hmm. really speaks to his resilience. And it's, it, I remember when he passed, it just, it was a heartbreaking So I'm an infectious diseases doctor. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. me it was just a really, it was particularly hard yeah. because I see Tooth, I see tooth infections all the time because that's I, I see infections. And, and it was just really Tragic. quite devastating. So w- we do have to move on. But let me just say, wh- what are some measures of success? How do you guys know you guys are doing well?
2: Well, um, so one of the things, you know, at first when we started, we know that young people – were you know they would leave and people wouldn't get connected with them now the young people call us so they say i that's, actually that's need a good sign yeah that's <laughs> a really good sign <laughs> um they're like yeah. where is my my yes. person's number i need right. to be connected that's with empowerment them. right there yeah. yes um and so that's really awesome and they're they're reaching out for the support another thing too is that w- every week we see more and more young people taking advantage of our activities and so you know we provide yoga we provide literary um clubs. And, and so we see more and more young people coming in and wanting to just be a part of um, the things that we're doing. Um, and so that's that's very exciting. And, and what we hope to see is um, more and more people uh, signing up to be champions. And we that's what we call our mentors. We want to see more and more people signing up to do that. And so, so far we have 20 in the two months that we've been uh recruiting and so i'm always recruiting people who can be mentors and champions and guides for our young people i
0: I see you and i having very similar jobs in that one of the things that i'm trying to do is help to eradicate hep c or hiv so that i basically work myself out of a job and i wonder if that is how you see what you do do you think that the pay ordinance which is the police alternative youth ordinance is that going to help help work you out of a job, so to speak, in a positive way, obviously. Yes, in a positive
2: way. Yes. I hope so. So, um, you know, having instead of arresting young people, so as I said, mm-hmm. you know, there are ten, eleven, and thirteen year olds who I'm working with who have been inside the system, they shouldn't be in the no. system. They shouldn't <laughs> of be there. Not. They we should wrap our arms around them, we should embrace them and we should get them connected to the services they need, but we shouldn't be putting them, holding them in um in cages. And so what I think that looks like is Something like the pay, and, ordinance and maybe help and, explain us what the
0: remind and, us what the pay ordinance. And so the
2: pay ordinance is, is that, and for for certain offenses, especially low level nonviolent offenses, instead of it's arresting stuff that kids do. Yeah, yeah, you know, like being out late, <laughs> right? Um, you know, being uh, a teenager. Yeah. Stealing a Snickers bar, right. those things. Too many
1: things that white kids get away with, but black kids go to jail for.
2: Ding, ding, ding. Those ding. things.
0: Just and, those and, things. And what happens yeah. when they? And I know you're in the middle of, but when once they the once they hit the criminal justice system or the criminal injustice system, right. the likelihood of them being kind of be sucked in back is, into it
2: is exponentially multiplied. So the and pay so ordinance. The pay ordinance would provide. Um, instead of them being arrested and, and held, they it would just be a citation to come to court to figure out, um, you know, other ways of, you know, dealing with the situation that they were in, and maybe even and a way to expunge whatever right. had and happened. and last
0: week we had, uh, or I had on, uh, let's see around NOLA Matters that we're going to bring back on Resistance Radio, is Renard Dernsberg, oh great. Uh who said that he's already, and he's, um, I, I guess he's not, I think of him as a judge, but he's not quite a judge, he's I know he's and I know that I should know he's a this. The magistrate? Yeah, I mean but he has gone through he's yeah he's gone through six of these already and maybe you want to explain what, and so instead of it's the it's the idea of bringing the the person who let's say stole the stinker's bar but they bring the community yeah. in and he's facilitated the discussions restorative practices. right the restorative yeah. practice can you explain yeah. that as well yeah
2: so restorative practices and it's something that we also practice at the welcoming project is not about you know you did wrong and so we're going to extol some sort of punishment on you it's you've harmed someone and you have sometimes harmed yourself and harmed the community and harmed, you know, your parents and we need to figure out how to repair that harm along with the people who you've harmed. And so there are, you know, it's a very powerful process by which solutions that we wouldn't come up with because the criminal justice system is very limited. And so it has one thing that it can do and it's lock you up or lock you up. And so, you know, we have to come up with some different ideas and, um, and there are some very good ideas that come out of, um, of restorative justice circles um, where young people are able to be like, okay, I stole a Snickers bar. I now see the impact of that because sometimes you just don't see that and you don't feel that impact. And now I have a plan to... Fix this. Um, And, you know, sometimes that's been an apology letter. Sometimes that's been, I'll work for you for free. It's been a lot of different things. Have have
0: we, I know that this just started, I think it passed like, what, six weeks ago? Or went into went into motion the yeah, yeah no the patron has passed
1: last year no no, no but it just year, started it just, just started, started it just started right
0: yeah. have i mean i know it's way too early but do you know of any like personal experiences where you've seen because i know renard is going to come back and he's gonna right. obviously under confidentiality and whatever uh, respecting everybody's privacy but he was going to come back and tell us some you know kind of give us some stories as to how how it worked out
2: Right. And so I haven't seen them yet, but um, I am actually receiving a report later today about oh, it. We'll so have you back on I air. Yes, I could tell you more about it then.
0: Um, wouldn't it be nice if like America just kind of had a, a general policy of restorative practices? Yeah, you know? our criminal right.
1: justice system was more focused on rehabilitation and education right. and, rest- and restoration rather than punishment, punishment right. well because it's like
0: you said we jail and then I was gonna say and then we keep people jailed <laughs> right Right, right. Uh, which is not really laughing. so I know we're, her, we're
1: running out of time um, with you Sarah and I know that you have to go in a second um, or do you, yeah do or you're you welcome to stay, stay? A little bit. Okay. yeah, yeah we're gonna but get. I we're do gonna get some I do want to make sure we get to um if I was a person listening to this I was like oh the walking project sounds great how could I get involved yes. what would you say?
2: I would say go to org slash champions and you can sign up to become a champion and come to one of our orientations. Our next orientation is on November 13th um, and we train you to work with young people. But if you had some other ideas about how you wanted to get involved, maybe you want to be a tutor. Our young people need tutors and they need help with um, their educational goals. Or maybe you had other ideas. I, I've had, you know, and all sorts of people. Or maybe your in. business are, is willing to,
0: are, take to, to take kids
1: on as an intern. An, as an
2: intern? Uh, are yeah. people
0: interested in broadcasting?
2: Yes. Yeah. Should yes. we Should we talk a little DJs. bit later? Yes, let's. <laughs> um, the other um, thing I
1: wanted to say, because I know that I... I actually. The, so funny thing is, a part of the way that Sarah and I met is that a friend of mine introduced us through email. Was like, you should meet this guy, Kenny. You should meet Sarah. And you were, and she was like, oh, you should sign to be a champion. I was like, I don't know about the time for that. And <laughs> right. so the spiel that you gave me about time commitment, all that, right? Do that for the folks who are now doing yes. the same thing that I was doing. I'm like, I don't know if I, I don't
2: to-. know if I have time. Okay, so um, it's eight hours a month. Uh, a month, so eight hours could be you texting with your young person once a week. You FaceTime with them. You call them on the phone. Maybe on a Saturday you go to the movies with them. A movie date is actually like three hours. That's three hours gone right there. Um, and so there are all these different things you can do with them. You could walk in the park with them. You could take them to the museum. There's just so many different things. So it's actually not that big of a time commitment. Um, we just want people who are successful adults, and success looks like different things. But there are people. People who are not one crisis away from being, you know, homeless or something. Yeah, They're right. people who are, you know, stable in their careers. Let's be they honest. We
1: all watch more than eight hours of Netflix a month. We
2: one hundred percent. You have do. eight hours. You have eight hours. I think have I watched. You I have I have you started hours.
1: being a champion? I signed up for the. Well, you got to do the training. I, yeah, I, I signed up for the, the thing, but right, you got to you you. do the whole thing. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I, I, November 13th. Yes. November <laughs> 13th. Travis dot O R G forward slash champions. And I think I'm going to sign up and, and, uh, yes. hopefully help somebody, uh, with, uh, cause I could see the powerful effect that positive mentorship—it's not even mentoring. It's just somebody that somebody can look up to, yeah. and uh,
2: it's building a relationship with a young person. And um, they'll have questions for you, and you'll have questions for them, and you will teach each other things. I mean, every
1: one of us has every one of us who has been successful, whatever you want to mark as successful in your life, can name several people who have just taken mm-hmm. the time with us, mm-hmm. and that's all this is. All this is 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 you agreeing to be one small part. Of taking the time to spend time with a with a young person and like show them that someone kind of like how I was with you.
2: Oh, this is a beautiful mentor-mentee Relationship I'm viewing So beautiful we sw- I was walking him down
0: <laughs> If you did th- In all honesty, Miss Sarah Thank you so much for welcoming so much. project uh, Travis uh, Hill Nola.org uh, uh, Please stick around, we're going to talk about yeah. politics and stuff This is Resistance Radio 102.3 WHIV, I'm Mark Gallandari With me is Kenny Francis, we are proudly streaming Live on 1230 AM WBOK If you are tuning in to us on WBOK welcome to WHIV and welcome to Resistance Radio Kenny
1: so moving forward what we want to talk about next is the election um, next week we have an election coming up on the 6th and actually you can early vote well you can't early vote anymore today because it's closed but you can early vote tomorrow for the last time tomorrow is the last day of early voting and then you got to wait till next Tuesday Oh, I'll definitely be I, um, I went
0: to go vote last week but I forgot all the things that we talked about with with Senator Morel, so I figured I <laughs> wait for today's to make sure that i I wanted to make sure this ballot that's was fair. just no, right. That's fair. That's <laughs> fair.
1: Um, but yeah, like I was saying, tomorrow is your last day to early vote. So if you need to early vote, please do it tomorrow. Um, and then if you can't do it, then you're going to have to wait until next Tuesday. Um, and I believe the polls are open to like 8 p.m. next Tuesday. So there's a, there's a lot of time. They open at like 6 o'clock in the morning. Um, and so what we wanted to do is we spent a lot of time talking about the election the last couple months. And now that it's basically here... Um, what I would like for us to do is to take a time just to sort of give us, give our thoughts because, um, and some of the feedback we've gotten about the show is that we have asked folks, folks have asked us to give us like our personal opinions. Um, I think JP Morale did a really good job of explaining the amendments the other week when we had him on, when we were at the ACE. Um, but I think folks are looking for more like, what's your opinion? How are you going to vote on this? And so I just wanted to give us the time to, to go through that really quickly for the things that are on the ballot in Louisiana specifically this week. And then next week in our show, right before the election, I want to talk more about like hot spots of things that are happening around the country, like Beto versus Cruz and um, Stacey Abrams versus the Kemp, the, the
0: racist. That dude. Or the, the Gilliam versus the racist. Yeah. Or the, or the like
1: basically enter in woman or person of color running right, against racist around the country. Because that's, Cause that's where we're at right now. It's like. That, but that sad. that Beto race, man, it's it's, it's bad. J- it's yeah. yeah, it's not. But we'll get there next week. Like, next uh, week. Um, so it. first, I want to jump into amendments since we spent the most time talking about that. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to like very very briefly explain the amendment again, and then just sort of like talk about um, how we feel about it. So the first one, um, this uh, the first amendment number one is the amendment that's asking folks if they're going to support um, would support a a. Um, a law that would require that would restrict fel- convicted felons from seeking or holding public office or an a political appointment for at least 5 years um unless they are pardoned which can only come from the governor um and to be completely honest i i understand what this this law is trying to do particularly given the history of political corruption that has consistently happened in this state however i find it really really hard to vote for any sort of like additional um restrictions against people who have been formerly incarcerated there is such a mindset change that needs to happen in this state around how we view people who are incarcerated did you change your mind in the
0: past week because i thought you and i were I think last week you were telling me you adamantly
1: no okay. I I, have, I, I thought I, that's why I was really else. I was I, yeah. I
0: was teeing up to like
1: totally no, come like again. I <laughs> I I this is this is one that okay. I had personally struggled with uh, because like because it seems kind of obvious Do you want someone who's been convicted as a felony to like be in public office? Particularly if that person's like Ray Nagin who like got convicted of actual corruption? No, but at the same time, the what I'm thinking about is I'm thinking is so about the corrupt. Kids. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm thinking it's, about I'm thinking about the kids. I'm thinking yeah. about like what if one of these kids wants to like run for something to right. change something based off of their experience? I, uh, like, right, I, I 100% I'm, agree with you. Like I'm against Like it's it's really hard for me to vote for something that's going to place any more restrictions yes. on the yes. options that incarcerated yes. it, folks have. It creates more structural racism in our society. Incarceration, because at the end yes. of the day, like they've served their time. Yes, 100%. percent to agree come with back you. Yes. and do a job. And, obviously, and, and, and at least
0: be able to vote. We could start with being yeah, able to vote. Let's start with being able to
1: vote. <laughs> and, and so for me, I'm personally going to vote no on this. Okay, so no means we support no. No means that this that this this are not passed. No means and no restrictions. Yeah, m- no, no means, means no, no restrictions. No restrictions. So like I'm going to vote no on um, Amendment One because I just cannot, with good conscience, vote for anything that places any more restrictions. Agreed. On incarcerated people Agreed. when they get out of jail. just I just can't do it. A hundred percent agree. And you. like the the crooked politicians that everyone can name that would quote unquote benefit from this would find some way to do that anyway. Right. Right? Like I hundred percent agree with you. And like they're probably gonna get pardoned or something like that. Like right. like you think about someone like Joe Apario, who's I know that's not Louisiana, but like that guy got pardoned and he committed a bunch of felonies right. so like right.
0: and he got pardoned before he even really got <laughs> exactly
1: like, got pardoned before anything happened <laughs> before so I mean these people, people have friends that are gonna help them horrible anyway horrible person um,
0: okay so it, let's move on so, uh, I, so I thought
1: I, last week I, I guess right after the show no I've, I've perf- I I okay. purposely hadn't taken a position on okay. that because I, right. just, I just was so very torn on it to
0: be clear I think J.P. Morrell also Senator Morrell also said vote your conscience on this one yeah. I think he didn't really have a position he didn't really take a position although was this one of his bills because this looks like this may be no this is not one of his bills. okay no. okay all right so obviously amendment two so amendment two i mean somehow obviously you haven't heard of it yet
1: dunk. it's the unanimous juries bill that says that says that like if it passes then it will be required to have a unanimous jury to send someone to jail for felony convictions you should absolutely vote yes so everyone you know but let me to vote uh, yes sorry so uh,
0: let me just i'm so sorry it, um the opinions that are being expressed here are those oh, yes. that belong to Candy Francis uh, alone. They belong to Mark Allendary alone and, and Sarah, Miss um, Sarah from the Welcoming Project alone. They do not reflect the radio station, WHIV, nor do they reflect the board of directors for WHIV.
1: Um, and so, yes, on, on two, yes on two. That, that, that is that, unanimous that is, juries. That's, that's an obvious one, yes right. on two. Yes. Um, Amendment three is, this is the one that, <laughs> I mean, it's this one's like such like a, it's pure bureaucratic. So basically, Amendment 3 just says that like a one political entity can give, can let another political entity use their stuff or their personnel and do it through a written contract. That's basically all it is. So basically, it's like, let's pretend that Sarah represents the city council and I represent a, like a school board mm-hmm. and the city council wants to borrow school buses for enter- in whatever random reason this would allow us to do that.
0: Because previously there was contractual agreements from one parish to the other that required... and so it
1: it required monetary exchanges, and it created like... Value. It created like a lot of like weird. And like so, what happens things.
0: in an emergency like situation exactly. where something exactly. needs somebody? Then they, you know, bureaucrats are going to get hung up in bureaucratic red yeah. tape. So like we need to borrow to fire, fire trucks from Jefferson
1: right. Parish. So, so what do we, we want to vote? Do what do we? So yes. if we
0: want to so eliminate no, yeah. this bureaucratic, uh, just vote yes. So voting yes. So just to be clear, uh, Kenny Francis and Mark Calendari, again, these are our opinions only. They do not reflect the radio station. Are recommending voting no on Amendment One, voting yes on Amendment Two. In voting yes on Amendment 3.
1: And Amendment 4, um, so the, this one says is, and this one's going to require a little bit more of an explanation. Um, so this one's about the transportation trust fund. So, what happens in Louisiana when you pay for gas is there's a tax on that, like everything else. The monies from when you buy gas specifically go into a fund that is supposed to be funding transportation Sheriff's. infrastructure. So, that's things like roads, like police officers, bus systems. <laughs> like like bus like public bus systems like it's supposed to go to the things trans- that help people get around yeah it's supposed to, be, it's supposed to go to transportation infrastructure things like infrastructure. fixing bridges like right. i'm i'm sure some people have seen the report that came out that there's something like 40 bridges in the metro area that need that are oh, in like dying like, isn't
0: it like america has got like a d minus yeah. rating from engineers and so like, <laughs>
1: like the money that we pay in taxes, right, yes. bridges have collapsed. The money that we pay in taxes, when we all go to buy gas, is supposed to go to this stuff.
0: But however, it has gone. It to has not
1: because the governor's office has had the power to siphon that money off to other things. One of the things is they've been able to siphon it off to pay for the state police and oh. for the state um and for like the way that, and for like the the traffic police. And essentially, what has been happening is the our state government has been using this ability as like a budget fix. Instead of passing, I don't know, comprehensive tax reform that actually funds our state, they've just been siphoning money off from something that we need Who to a different think, thing. Where
0: did this... You know, we should have asked and so, if this came from Jindal. And so
1: the funny, thing did, about, the funny thing about this is that, like, for me, this vote is a yes. Because essentially what this says is this um, amendment would stop the state government from being able to take money that's supposed to be for transportation infrastructure and put it to... Um, funding the state police for traffic control the fact that we need this amendment at all is like kind of the problem y'all I, um yeah and the right. fact that like absolutely we're sitting here passing this amendment instead of i don't know passing tax reform like we're this we're fixing a problem that we created by not fixing the other problem So, I mean, yes, vote yes on this, but also please vote out the people who won't pass tax reform next year because in 2019, 40 percent of Louisiana legislature is term limited and get some senators and Congress and Congress folks that are going to vote for actual common sense tax reform. So we can fund the state of Louisiana instead of arguing over things like this, because this is ridiculous that we have to pass a constitutional amendment to fix a problem. That was created by another problem that we didn't fix
0: and again these opinions belong to Kenny Francis uh, and Mark Gallandari alone They do but, not reflect the radio, station. but yes,
1: please like my 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 um, advice would be to vote. Yes on Restricting the ability to take money out of the transportation trust fund um, So
0: taxpayers n- have been basically paying for cops for not only as taxpayers that go into the cop Kitty, but also there's been when extra you buy, when you buy money gas, right? Yeah. So when you buy gas so for people like myself that have an electric car I've uh, not been supporting the uh,
1: I've not you been supporting to, the <laughs> as 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 the kids are saying on Twitter weird flex what weird is flex that? What it's, is that? it's yeah it's like it's some, we can we can explain weird flex to you later but yeah. people listening will get it weird flex um all right the so the next one this one is like pretty complicated um so the next one's about the amendment 5 is about The um, eligibility for tax exemptions, and there's actually been a lot of confusion about this one. Is this the Airbnb one? No, there's been a lot of confusion about this one because, um, and I'm just gonna go off of what JP Morrell explained because he's the the legislator. Um, So there is tax exemptions that you get um, for being a first responder, active duty member of the military, or law enforcement or fire protection um, officer, and those tax exemptions also extend to the spouse of any of those people. Those exist and nothing will, will or will not happen to those exemptions if this amendment does or does not pass. What Amendment 5 is asking is if, you, if we as a state want to extend those, um, those same exemptions to people who have trusts. So essentially, what this is saying is if you were one of those previous qualifiers that we just said, and you were putting your home or some sort of property in or finance or money into a trust as you start as you like making your like financial planning this would res- this would keep your ability to keep those tax exemptions cuz currently if you do that and you put into a trust you lose those exemptions and so as Senator Morell said when we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago this applies to such a small amount of people like that's so basically you have to be one of those qualifiers and have be wealthy enough to be putting your money into a trust mm mm-hmm. So unless you're one of those people, unless you're a firefighter or a spouse of a firefighter that has enough money or property that you're thinking about putting into a trust and worried about the tax exemptions, this literally is never going to apply to you or affect you in any way, shape, or form. Um, yeah. So I would say just vote your conscience on that. I honestly don't know how to vote for it. Because so it's such, voting it's yes such, means what? Voting yes means that the those people get to keep those tax exemptions. Yeah. yeah. Right, so the, that's the, Got t- it. So voting yeah, it no means the that the, the that exemption. right. Well, it doesn't take it away; it gives it to them because currently, if they put the put the stuff in the trust, they don't get the exemption. So, voting yes means what? Voting yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said this is complicated, but it's also like su kind of minute. Like voting yes means that the aforementioned service folks, putting their like money or property into a trust, get to keep the tax exemptions that they were getting before. Yeah. Okay. That's what that means. What's a trust? We, I don't have time to explain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> something.
2: It's
1: something. It's something. Special it's something, it's something that it's so, put a, a trust is a financial like holding pouch. as Sarah just said that none of us in this room and probably no one listening to this show will right. ever have enough <laughs> money that's, or property to real be think about using. Right, right. This is like a part of that financial literacy that like we don't need right. because we're right. never like we put our salaries and our like accrued property together and we won't have enough to be worrying about trust right all right if so in the lottery yeah when i when i when i hit the lottery then yeah, i'm the gonna learn more about trust when's last time you played the lottery never actually okay <laughs>
2: well you didn't even play the billion no. dollar the other no. day did, did you no.
1: how did you yeah neither did i
0: all right all right let's move um, on because we the gotta, next
1: one this one is important and this one is another one in which is folks six have been yes amendment Six is another one that folks have been very confused on and i want to be very clear because folks have been reading this wrongly as some sort of tax hike, and it's not that. This is the Airbnb I I repeat, one. I repeat, I repeat. Amendment 6 is not a tax hike. It is not going to result in your taxes going up. In fact, the entire point of Amendment 6 is to help if your tax go up by something else. So here's what Amendment 6 is doing. So we all are familiar by now with gentrification. So let's say someone comes in, and buys up the three houses next to your house and builds a luxury condo. And all of a sudden the value of that property that was say a vacant lot before next to your house is now much higher because it's a luxury condo. That also causes the value of your property to go up. The way that property taxes work is that your taxes are based off of the value of your property. So if the value of your property goes up, the amount of taxes you owe goes up. And what has happened a lot in gentrification, that's one of the more nefarious things about gentrification, is that people with homes they've bought and paid for years ago all of a sudden can no longer afford to live in that home or neighborhood because of the sharp rise in, ta- in, in property taxes because their property values go up. So you think about people, and I mean, every single person in New Orleans knows someone who's lived there this whole life that's had this happen to them or their grandma or their parents where it's like, you're 65 years old. You've worked your whole life. You bought your house years ago. You're living on this block. Gentrification happens. Property values raise. All of a sudden, your tax bill has ballooned, in this house that you bought and paid for, you can't, you have to move now because you can't afford the property taxes on your house. What this amendment is doing, and this was written by J.P. Morel, is is essentially gentrification triage, because what it's saying is, so let's say the scenario I just described happened, and previously your property taxes were $100, and then the developer comes in, buys that lot next to you, turns it into a, a luxury condo, and now your taxes have doubled, and you can't afford that. Currently, you're just kind of screwed, and you got to figure out how to pay that, or you go into debt, or you go into debt, or you got to sell your house or something,
0: or you start Airbnb, or, <laughs> or you
1: start Airbnb to afford the property taxes. What this says is, it says a couple things. It says one, if this amendment passes and that situation happens and your property taxes double. The state of Louisiana has to phase in your new tax rate in equal amounts over the next four years. It also says that during that four-year period, they are not allowed to reassess the value of your house and raise your taxes even more. And so what this does is this gives people an opportunity to make decisions on like what's best for them, whether selling or selling. Or staying or figuring it rather than it becoming sort of an immediate how do I pay this tax bill solved. that's double, it helps it helps you figure it out. Because another one of the things that happens with gentrification, I know we're running out of time, but I want folks to really understand this, is what so often happens is because there are some folks out there who say, Well, okay, so this person whose house wasn't that valuable is now much more valuable. Yeah, they can't afford the property taxes, but they can sell for a higher price than it got. But that's not how that's not how buying and selling homes go. Particularly when the developers know you can't afford to stay there, they can come and lowball you. This is di- like this is different than you being forced to sell immediately. Than say, okay, I have four years to decide what does the market look like. When's the best time to sell? Should I sell? Should I try to figure out right. how to pay? Like Th- it allows is, you to
0: plan. Right. This is also a very rare law that actually protects the consumer. Exactly. And had the Sunyard project come through, all of that property uh, would have gone up as a result of a luxury hotel. A boutique hotel being right there in the Bywater, which would have increased uh, all of those uh, the values of those homes, which then would have priced out. Which, like like Kenny said, it. And I want everybody to understand this is an incredibly nefarious, underhanded way that that developers will take advantage of gentrification, because that is how people will ultimately get. They'll be like, "No, I'm going to stay in my place because this is where I've lived for 30 years, and I raised my children, and blah blah blah." blah as blah. they have a right to, right? As they have a right to, but then all of a sudden they get a tax bill that's you know that they can't. Social Security or whatever they're not able to pay and eventually they are going to eventually have to move and not just eventually have
1: to Move probably sell for less than they would have got because now you're desperate,
0: right? So anyway, we 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 need to move out. So what what do we need to vote for uh, and so for amendment
1: six is a vote? Yes Yes.
0: So a vote
1: yes, and then the very very last one is a parish-wide fantasy sports thing Just vote your conscience basically. It just says that like it will legalize fantasy sports and it would tax it. And my only like little thing on that is that, like, look, gambling happens. It's going to happen anyway. And what we see in like America is that if you outlaw things that are legal adjacent, it's going to happen anyway. You're just not going to get the revenue for so it. So yes means what? So yes means that fantasy betting would be allowed and that we're going to tax it. And my thing is fantasy betting is already allowed in Mississippi. And so people are just going to go to Mississippi and do it anyway. So we might as well let them do it here and tax them for it. Right. So just real quickly. So to go through all of them, which is what you're going to ask me to do, is that would be a no on (laughs) Amendment 1. That would be a yes on Amendments 2. Yes on Amendment 3. Yes on Amendment 4. Yes on Amendment 5. Yes on Amendment 6. So basically no on one and yes on the rest of them.
2: Right.
0: I mean, there was the vote you're conscious, which was Amendment five. But essentially, if you want to go into the booth and then also uh, any any elected officials. So the elected officials really quickly. quickly.
1: Um, Secretary of State. I'm just going to say don't vote for a Republican. Because at the end of the day, every single one of the Republicans is running on a platform that's about restricting the vote rather right. than expanding it's, the we're vote. Gonna see more. I'm not going to pretend like any of the Democrats I've heard anything particularly inspiring, but they're not running on that platform, right? Because th- what you're hearing from the Democrats, like from the Republicans, like Kyle Ardwin, who is the current guy who's sitting in the seat, is things like. I'm going to protect the vote and I'm going to make sure that all these illegal voters aren't voting. Like all of the things Sh- that you hear from that side voters, of the spectrum yeah. right. where their goal is right. to have as that little amount of people right. voting as possible. So don't vote for one of those guys. Um, for if you live in the second congressional district, I'm going to say don't vote for Cedric Richmond because he's been an awful, awful, awful congressman. All the
0: opinions that you hear are those awful. that belong to Kenny Francis vote for and Marquette and Daryl Vote alone. for not Cedric.
1: Personally, I'm going to vote for Noonie Man. Um Wow, don't, really? Don't, vote, don't don't vote. <laughs> wow. Don't vote for Cedric Richmond. It's like I he's done nothing for this district. Um if you're in And just to be clear, he also stood by Steve
0: Scalise after the word came out that Steve Scalise admitted to being David Duke without the baggage, and then Cedric Richmond stood right next to him and was like this He's also is. recently
1: said that he wants Scalise to be the speaker of the house. I don't know if you to sure of yeah, that. I just um, Oh, yeah, he did I, I would. I, I would imagine um, he would do that even if the Democrats took the and House. And so the other—and and speaking of C. Scalise, if you live in, dish, in Congress or District 1— Who do you recommend? Do not vote for Scalise. Yes.
0: Do you have a recommendation?
1: I'm going to vote for Tammy. Well, and I can't vote You now. can't I vote. I would vote for Tammy Savoy.
0: So Tammy Savoy is who Kenny would, would vote for. I would probably do the same if I were in the first congressional district. Um, And then the last one— If you're one, in the sixth congressional district, Justin do it. yes. Um, yeah, and you're again, in,
1: if uh, you are in Baton Rouge listening, thank yeah, you, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, uh, also LA, let, let us know info um, The last one I want to point out um, is clerk, clerk Civil District Court. I am going to vote for Chelsea Napoleon. I am um, personally voting against Jared Bursa. I have been very disappointed with him as a councilman, um, and I, I don't think he's done a good enough job as a councilman to earn another elected position. And I I personally am not going to reward him with that. And if folks are looking for a specific thing of what my qualms are he is the is the councilman for the district that gordon plaza is on is in and as a black man from new orleans to sit there have done very 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 little about gordon plaza with the seat that he has i cannot allow that i i cannot with good conscience say that we should put him in another elected office.
0: And just to be clear, Gordon Plaza, as we've covered many, many times here on WHIV, uh, is a essentially a toxic waste dump that uh, was uh, started uh, as a community for people of color and communities of color. And to this day, we still have not uh, gotten individuals out of Gordon Plaza, despite the numerous uh, health problems uh, that has happened. Um, I know uh, that there is a lot of movement behind the scenes that are happening, uh, and so Hopefully something moving forward will make it right. Although I don't think that early deaths of cervical cancer and breast cancers and thyroid can cancers fixed. can ever, ever, ever be fixed. And look, and please be... tune into our, we have podcast on these and you yeah. can find our podcast on iTunes com- we've done a bunch and of Google Play where we've done two very specific episodes on Gordon Plaza.
1: And I want to say one of there's like, no, Jared Bross, did not create that problem, but like the essential function. Of a politician is to serve your and constituents, and also our congressperson too and this should is, be doing and this, something. And this and this is and C- yeah, Cedric Richmond also did nothing about it. And for me, is that like I don't like there's not a single thing that's going on in District D that Jared Brosser could say is more important than a whole community of folks. Living on a toxic wasteland <laughs> and dying Under, for over thirty years, and no, you weren't this councilman when this first started, but you've been the councilman for eight years, and nothing has happened for these people. Why you've been councilman for eight years? And as a district councilman who is not championing that, championing that cause, and not using your position to get something for these people, I, I, I can't just reward you with another position. Sorry. Yeah.
0: And if he's out, uh, there will be a, probably a special election. And, yeah, well, oh, he's
1: out either way because he's running. Right, and As so
0: we now know uh, we know some people who are looking for positions right now. Absolutely. And, uh, I tried to get Senator Morrell to uh, to comment on that, and he has shut me down several times on that. Uh, admittedly, so are, are we done, or can we? Yes, we all are. right. We, I mean, there's like last week was really so we're changing topics uh, uh, now. And to talk about what I think was a uh, last week of of hate in, in America, and uh, it, it's somewhat uh, weirdly ironic that uh, Childish Gambino was supposed to be here uh, at uh, Voodoo Fest, but unable was unable to do so. But uh, if there was anything that represented the the really the amazing song and video that went with it, which was the This Is America, which we'll play going out today, it was last week. Uh, and uh, do you uh, do you mind if I just kind of read oh, yeah. from you know? So uh, 72 Hours in America, three hate-filled crimes uh, and three hate-filled suspects. On Wednesday, a white man with a history of violence shot and killed two African-Americans at random at a Kentucky Kroger store. Did you know that he actually went to a black church and actually knocked on that back church? uh, An hour prior to that, there were 30 people that were in the church. And he went to the church. He went knocking on the doors. All the doors were locked. At the time that the doors were locked, there were 10 people actually in the church he wasn't able to get in he uh instead uh went and uh and shot two people and we'll we'll name those two people in a second Uh, a couple of mail bombs were of course uh, were sent uh uh by uh two individuals who'd criticized the president and of course on saturday morning a a man shouting anti-semitic slurs opened fired at a pittsburgh synagogue these all occurred within 72 hours all of these uh, shared one thing and that is hate uh, the, uh, person, uh, who, uh, um, who killed the two individuals, uh, the two individuals were, uh, Maurice Stollard, who was 69 years old, uh, and the, uh, other individual, uh, was Miss Vicki Jones, uh, who was 67 and shot them point blank. Let's be very clear, this was a white racist who went to two Completely, and one of them was with their grandchild, uh, by the way, it was a 12-year-old grandson uh, that was there. Uh, the uh, I don't want to name the individual, uh, but he is in custody and faces potential civil rights uh, violations. Of course, as that was happening, uh, there were uh, multiple bombs that had not detonated that were sent initially on Monday of last week. The first was to George Soros. In fact, as soon as we got off air, this was happening, and I was so eager to jump back on air, especially after what happened on Wednesday. Uh, they were sent to the Clintons they were sent to former uh, president uh, Barack Obama of course to CNN uh as well uh the um the, all of last week we heard of the GOP who were saying this is a false flag operation. This is really the liberals, right? We, you know, like, like the liberals, right? You know, trying to, I, I mean, uh, of course they found out that the person uh, who did it was a uh, also racist racist uh, and had a Dodge van that was plastered with pro-Trump messages all over it.
1: He was also, I don't know if you saw this, but he was also in a clip, um, where, oh, you know right, those, CNN other, sucks? Yeah, yeah, those those people chanting CNN sucks. Right. He was like in that clip.
0: Lastly, I just, we're, we are running out of time real quickly. We're going to be able to take it right to the end of the hour, though. Um, on Saturday morning, there was, uh, of course, news, and, uh, uh, and this hit somewhat close to home for me, but I had texted you this morning, Kenny, because it also enraged me. Uh, being a Jewish American, of course, uh, when I was younger, I used to have to go to Shabbat services and synagogue on Saturday mornings, and so uh, there were uh, 11 deaths and 6 injuries uh, Uh, by a uh, anti-semitic individual as well uh, who also posted on a a white racist platform called Gab uh, which has now been uh, brought down but he can't sit by and watch his people get slaughtered screw your optics I'm going in Um, before you guys uh, give and I would love to hear the two of your opinions I just also want to say as a Jewish uh, uh, American uh, and somebody who's an atheist but Jewish uh, by uh, heritage I just want to say to the Jewish community as loud and and I don't care if people get pissed at me, the Jewish community already gets mad at me on a regular basis, but as loud as you guys are feeling that pain and that sting of what's happening what happens when people get shot in their services, please remember what Israel is doing to the Palestinians and please recognize that there are Palestinians that are being shot and killed on a regular basis for doing nothing more except living in the Gaza Strip and what happens when you put a pillow over somebody's face when they're sleeping, they're going to respond and so as much as the shooting and as as much as it hurt me because it it touched my community to a certain degree I also want us to be aware because I've seen nothing except uh, the response by the Jewish community oh how can this happen and anti-Semitism is so great in this country what have you I want also us to take an opportunity to look at what Israel is doing to the Palestinians and how if you're feeling the sting and the pain of this right now please understand what's happening in Palestine and what the Palestinian people have been undergoing for 50 years in the Biggest open-air jail. You guys, please comment.
2: Yeah. Um, I think, so I think what what is rough about these past few days, and I think it kind of hit all of us just really hard, but uh, I think what's rough about this is also that we still don't talk about these things in the right way. These are terrorists. Yeah. And the threats that we are facing in this country today are not coming from outside. They're not coming from the caravan of people trying to get away from violence and terror in their homes that we also cost. that we also cost. they they're coming from inside they're coming from people who look and act and talk and believe like our president and i think that has been what is very frustrating to me that we have okayed a lot of those things and we not being me as a black woman but uh a lot of people and i just want people to remember that when they go and vote that this isn't okay And it wasn't like this.
1: I think I I don't think I can add anything as like eloquent as what you just said. Um, I think my only thoughts to add to what was like an extremely, extremely disturbing week is that this is unfortunately the logical conclusion of what Trump and his ilk have been spewing since since people started listening to Trump speak out loud. And. I think that the one thing that worries me the most is that I hear a lot of people that I know talking about things like this, saying like this is the like a, a frequent phrase I've heard folks say is that this is the the death rattle of white supremacy. And uh, well, we've talked about that but here. It, it's, but like I I think that's so premature, and I think that like if we sit here and think that like oh well, this death is rattle just, takes a long time this is this is. <laughs> But but people are treating it as if like this is the vestiges, this is the last vestige of no, like, no this is still this a is long them time. taking power unless we stop it. This is this is the new normal unless we unless we as a country and as a society and as individual people for the individual things we can do decide to like make this go on a different path. This isn't like, oh, the bad period before it gets better on its own. No 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 no. This is the new norm unless we make it not the new norm.
0: Kenny Francis, America? yeah. Kenny Francis, uh, Miss Sarah, thank you so much. The Welcoming Project. Thank you so much. This is Resistance Radio. Thank you, WBOK. We'll see you guys next week.
2: I got the strap.
0: I got a carry 'em. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go into this. Yeah, yeah, this is Gorilla. Yeah, yeah, I'm
1: going to go get the bed. Yeah, yeah, or I'm going to get the bed. Yeah, yeah, I'm so cold, yeah.